Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. This is a part two, part one is already, hopefully you've already listened to it. We, we hope, we hope. We did it again, we did it at Rumble 97, I think it's, it's been a long time since we had to split a podcast, like review over two episodes, but uh... But hey, that's our, that's our classic way. It's WWE's fault really for a few days before we recorded picking on a very good Royal Rumble in the year 2023 that we had to just talk about it for really a long time. We really did. did, it was great. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> it very much was. And we're on the road with media, and so far I think it's been great. Yeah, but and then, possibly we have like the Elimination Chamber to look forward yes. to, which seems like it's going to be pretty cool. WrestleMania is probably going to be bitching. I still plan on watching the past week's uh, NXT pay-per-view. and uh, Yeah, Vengeance Day. Ven- I want to watch that, I want to see that, because it seemed like it was really fucking good. And I believe uh, Carmelo Hayes won a match, or a won match, a title. A match with... Uh, Paul Cruz, but I think this is a case of he then they then did something to sell that he would be the guy to then be the next challenger for the title oh, for, for the for the for the WrestleMania weekend take which is called Stand and Deliver. Your money or your life. <laughs> uh, I really think he's gonna win. I really thought Breaker was gonna drop out the thing. Spoiler, he doesn't. But like, well, still, still a good match. But I think he's is the other mainstay of NXT since the changeover. I, I must say, to be quite honest with you, from what I've seen of Grayson Waller, mm-hmm. I'm glad he didn't win. He's a wank. <laughs> he's an utter he's, wank. He's meant to be a wank. <laughs> I know, but I mean, if you if you're that much a wank, the, the grandest wank of all, well, formerly grandest wank of all, yeah. Sean Michaels sends you him uh, when uh, you're a wank. Jim Cavanaugh. So what do I do? Just because I'm not a fan, didn't grow up a fan of yours? What do you want me? Want me to paint little hearts on my gear? What do you want me to do, Sean? Sean's like, no, why don't you fuck off? Sean looked like the confused granddad that media call. was like, where's the camera? It's right in front of you. Yeah, move back from the camera, granddad. I think that look was on the C5 was a good 10 years younger. I would boot your hole into you, you frick. No, no, I think he gave him a look, even though he's the guy behind next to you going like, who are you? Where am I? Where am I? He didn't look at him like Joe Biden looks at most of his fucking speeches, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, what? These are words? I'm saying them? Wow. Just moving a a say like like, uh, Father Jack, I'm a happy camper. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like Father Jack, will he clean him up to talk to the priests? (laughs) That would be an ecumenical matter. Yes? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Ecumenical, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, the one thing a bit funny standing over. They did it last year, but they're doing it again this year. But they put it on in the morning of Mania Night One, which is doing nobody any favors. Oh, but no. you know, I could talk about Carmel Hayes and that for quite a while, but I'll do it another time. But 
Well, it's quite funny that we mentioned Sean, because I think we're about to cut off point. We finished the Undisputed Tale match, the last show. And then, I, I think, I think I like to think I know most of the show, fake, have vague memory, especially the Rumble itself, yeah, which we yeah. talk about. But then after the quick, you know, don't try this at home, it's not the same one I vaguely remember. The, it's not the bodies everywhere. How do you learn to fall off a 20-foot ladder? That kind of one. It still has that one clip that you've mentioned before, the one The one where we're lifting draws. Yeah, the one bit of footage of that. But it's actually allowed to be. Mm-hmm. After that, you go to WF New York, and oh, who's excited to be at WF New York? Fucking Sean Michaels. Was like, he sober? Maybe. <laughs> so at this point, it was a maybe. Maybe. If it was 2001, definitely not. But given he's about to come back a wee bit, and maybe he's found God by this point, uh, then maybe. Maybe it's just a case of, like, I'm not drunk, I'm just like, you really had me come here to this restaurant with the overpriced shitty hunt. Buying rounds for Jeebus. <laughs> John, did you find Jesus? Ah, he was behind the couch. It's always the last thing. Did you find Jesus? Not, but I found my wallet. Get a drink, so... <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a very Texas shirt. It's basically a big, big shirt with a Texas flag. Yeah, he really, really is a he is a homegrown boy for Texas, yeah. isn't he? And then even then, he basically said, "Well, because like, I think the three favourites going into this were probably, especially if WWE, WWF's like promo packages they had to yeah. go by was Triple H, Austin, Taker, and maybe you could also consider Angle." Yeah, as well. I was I was before you said it. Um, like, yeah. forget that. I thought Angle because he was really pushed at the yeah, point. That's why I emphasised the promo package and like WWF like marking it. Because Angle's there, but like they put the focus on those three that I mentioned. Yeah. But, he goes for, but he goes, oh, I think it's between Austin and Tiger. I gotta go, my, my fellow Texas boys. Well, would you like, oh, not Triple H, your, your pal? And all no, that. no, he's pal, no. And maybe they're still annoyed at each other because I get tired of it, but in 2001. Yeah, I sent him home. I used to like, being a fight. Where Triple H is going, like get, like, get your fucking shit together, man. See, I'm trying to help you every time you turn up pissed, you dick. <laughs> Sean, you used to be an athlete, son. Aye, turned into biscuity boil now, Sean. Who's that? In, 20, in 15 years, that'll make sense, Sean. Go Aye, here for now. Fucking heartbreak foot. <laughs> so, Sean's there, and there's a bit of delay where like, he says bye, and he kind of looks off camera because he doesn't really know if he's on camera yet, and that changes like, I'm done now, can I, can I go home now? Aye. I had to fly all the way to fucking New York for this shit. I go to the bar now, you dicks. <laughs> and then you get the video <laughs> package where the, which they've edited the music to is very generic WF music. Yeah. Here. But I think it was originally the song Cocky by Kid Rock, which is the theme song to this yeah. review. I know, because I have that one on tape. I have it on DVD. Score. Yeah. I, I got it on a tagged classic, one of those old tag classics with ah, this in the yeah. 2001 Royal Rumble. One of the only tag classics ever bought because the few tag classics whenever I go to my, my local HMV would usually be fairly either two shit ones or one that I liked but one that I didn't really Yeah, you want. didn't want to have one associated with the one you bought. Whereas, oh, I love a Royal Rumble. Here's some Royal Rumbles. Kane does well in this one and this is the one Triple H ones. I like that one. Yeah. So, so it was good for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but also it makes it funnier when you watch it back because... There's a line in the song, I think I mentioned the part one, where and the says, they say I'm cocky, but I say what? And so they're already cutting that with the I say what to Austin going, what? Mm. What? But, but in this every so often, it's just cuts to Austin Tramley going, what? So I think it's funnier in this version, because without yeah. the music, it's just Austin going, what? It looks more confused. 
in this one than he would have in the original. What? Who? Ooh. Where? Or am I? You mean I'm not winning it four times? <laughs> what do you mean Triple H is winning? <laughs> but then we get obviously we got Howard Fink on the on the call. Howard Finkel. Do you mean, after saying calling someone the um, new whatever champion, his second best call in my opinion is him saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time, time for the Royal Rumble." And as as is an annual tradition at the Royal Rumble, not only does he explain the rules, Gerald gives him grief for taking too long to explain the rules. Yeah, like, come on, Trevor, we've all got an hour. Oh, just got to say. Props to Jerry. Uh, I, uh, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I heard during the week that he had an unfortunate medical incident, but mm-hmm. I hear he's like he's coming out of it. He's doing <laughs> well, so power to you, Jerry, man. Yeah. Hope you get better soon. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <clears throat> Legend as you are. Recent photos. Um, show him looks him and sitting up in his hospital bed, even looking in good spirits. Yeah, he's looking, looking, looking well as he could. Considering what happened to him, I think he looks in as. Good as he could do under the oh, circumstances. Come on, Scott Man, he's a tank. He's a king. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this man had a hard time to himself and has wrestled since. Aye, he's a tank. Like, Guys, go. So, really, what we're saying is, I'm not saying I know some heart attacks are more severe than others, but for the purposes of this bit, I'm saying, so like, if you know the plot of the wrestler, obviously he has a heart attack and they say, don't get him back in the ring, you'll die. So, basically, what we're saying is that Gerald Lawler is, hot, is more tough than Mickey Rourke. Aye, of course uh, it is. Randy the Ram. King. The King could batter Randy the Ram in the ring. Ah, oh, no, King would kick his hole for him. Yeah. No. Fucking Jerry Lawler, man. <laughs> He's a King. He is a King. But, uh. King Taz is us. So we have. So we have the first two in the world. Out comes Rikishi to a big evasion, forgetting that less than 18 months ago he was doing it for The Rock. But no, he comes out to a good ovation, but do you know who comes out to a better ovation? No, I don't, I don't. I just talk about Rikishi. He, I think he got injured at the start of 2001, I remember, February last One of his last big appearances was in February <laughs> No Way Out, when he and Haku caused the Brothers of Destruction a tag team title match. Because mm. I think at one point the plan was Brothers of Destruction v Haku and Rikishi. That would have been pretty good, actually, because Haku is a beast and Rikishi Haku, could go look fuck. Haku running down the ring at the Royal Rumble 2001 with big fluffy hair yeah. where I didn't realise like a week or so before that at the WCW pay-per-view that month he won the hardcore belt and then just went ah fuck he's off to the WWF <laughs> but yeah but then Rikishi got heart went away and then I think it was a couple of weeks it was at some point between Severity and Vengeance where Vince McMahon was you know doing the whole kiss my thing but then rocked under and like you're going to kiss somebody's ass tonight like don't worry you're not going to kiss the rock's ass and then teases him, he's going to force him to kiss Jim Ross's ass because Jim Ross was forced to join the kiss my yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. And I know, you know. And then he teases it would be Trish Trash and Vince is all up for that. He goes, Well, no, no, you sick freak. <laughs> you're not going to kiss her ass. And then comes Rikishi, you're going to be kissing Rikishi there. And really <laughs> ended basically Rikishi giving Vince McMahon a sink face. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, Yay, Rikishi's a good guy. Now. Forget, I tried to murder someone. And you think to yourself, when Vince is fucking running after Trish's ass like a fucking. Thirsty puppy, like how much you like was acting? None of it. <laughs> yeah, you know. None of it. But no, so Rikishi comes out, gets his big ass pop. Uh huh. You know, <laughs> big ass pop. And won't waste someone. But he comes out, great pop for Rikishi. But when? Mm-hmm. Oh, but when? <laughs> oh, but but oh. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna lean back and let you let you talk. My about guy, something. we hear the. What do we hear? We hear the music come on. We hear the crash, and then. 
making his return after how long at this point? About a year? Um, a couple of years, actually. I think 99 he left. Yeah, so a couple of years, yeah. right? Making his return to a reasonably good pop also. Mm-hmm. I actually think a bigger pop than Rikishi's myself. Uh, yeah, one of the bigger pops of the name. I think one of one of his best pops of his career, I think. Yeah, but he come out, Crowder going at him. Mm-hmm. He comes out, he's looking fucking gold dusty as fuck, you know. <laughs> He doesn't have that thing standing next to him. He doesn't need it. I think they were actually separated by this point. Yeah, that's why he didn't have that thing standing next to him. But he comes out. He's looking fucking awesome. Gold dusty. You know, he gets to the ring and he does the coolest, like, fucking disrobe, if you ask me. He comes out and he lifts the fucking cord of the robe and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's coming, it's coming. And he's like, (laughs) and I'm like, Damn it, yeah, I'm watching, every time I watch it, mm-hmm. I still go, oh, I really hope he wins, <laughs> even though I know he's not winning, but, oh, could you imagine if Goldust had won a Rumble? Mm-hmm. Oh, I would have mocked the fuck right out, so I would have. He's a good pop, not the biggest Rumble pop you'll ever get, I think the biggest one he gets is in 2013 when genuinely nobody knew he was coming out, yeah. he comes out and Cody was in the ring at the time. And they just looked at each other like jet people down like, oh fuck, Goldust is here. The, the, the thing was like, like I get that pop and all, and yeah. but you know that was this was peak Goldust yeah. for me. You know what I mean? That was well, peak Goldust was like ninety six, ninety seven. But yeah, okay. For me, that pop and the look and the wig and the robe. Here's, here's a question I'm gonna ask you. Original Goldust is like the gold. I think like by a little bit of kind of a whitish mm, with the gold lettering on the back. Yeah, and kind of he had white hair and. Yeah, he was supposed that. to look like an Oscar statue. Yeah, yeah. But then I think in '97 he touched the gear. I think we all know him a lot better. And the gear he comes out here, I had an action figure in with this gear with the black and the gold. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's actually black, uh, golden white with black trim on it. Yeah. <laughs> but then, he, then he would alter a wee bit with the years where it'd be more black than than white and yeah, gold yeah. Everything. Like, what do you have a preference in terms of the style of Golas's outfit? Because his he's face paint rarely, if ever, changed, but his outfit would, would over the years. I a big Golas fan yourself. I, like I say, when he came out for this rumble, yeah. I fucking loved the look. Mm-hmm. But I also loved his original look. Yeah. You know? But a little, a little caveat here, a little offshoot. Mm-hmm. One of my favourite gold dust looks uh-huh. was Triple H. <laughs> yeah, when Winter he came dust. out, when he came out and fucking let off like Karen and Kane's face. <laughs> and I don't mean it in this. I know you're a K guy. I don't mean like ha ha. I went and blasted Kane. I thought you were going to say like you weren't meaning that as a euphemism because you could make a euphemism out of that one. Well, no, I wasn't thinking that. You dirty pig. No, come out with big big ass nose. But no, like when he came out, I swear to fuck. I knew it wasn't gold dust, right? Mm. But I could not tell until he took the fucking robe off when it was fucking Triple H at first. I seen him and then I was like, holy shit, he looks good as gold dust, man. Or there's a time where Triple H may fight one Harley. Oh, I'm injured, so it comes Hunter Dust. Yeah, well, Hunter Dust. With a big fake ass nose and everything. Yeah. yeah, well, that was during that period when we had Hunter Dust and. Yeah. Uh, uh, Marilyn Manson dust and Kane dust and uh, Vader dust. I think Vader he, dust. I think, he, I think he dressed up as Sable at one point. Where he, yeah, he, he, he did. He did. He did. Uh, and it, that, that fabulous thing when he came out and recited us with a little, you know, Sam I Am. Yes. That was weird. I liked that. <laughs> I liked that. 
you like something, but it can still be weird. I like weird. I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> just because you like something doesn't mean it is or isn't any less weird. Yeah. I'm just saying. I know, I know. But I, I, I always favoured the strange. The other goalless, uh, I'm watching a thing on Wrestling Bios where he's been talking about matches from like old Attitude DVDs of like unreleased matches. Like he did a video about a, a match at the Sky Dome live and they taped some stuff on that show for Raw, but the match, the main event for the actual live career was a triple threat match between Sid, Brett, and Sean mm. for the belt. Like Sean would be still in his right before he does a. I can't find my smile. No. And then there's another one where it was two showing like dark matches from any house shows that were on a DVD. And one of them was after Buried Alive, Sean versus Goldust for the title. Yeah. And then him and Mankind after it's time, after the crowd, the mic went off. But uh, the one, because of that one, we Goldust has a club. I don't know if you've seen it, seen it going around online where you he takes, Goldust takes the mic and starts singing his own rendition of Sexy Boy. <laughs> I'll need to look that up. It must be on YouTube. Yeah, probably on YouTube somewhere. But I'll anyway, need to look for it. It's weird because, like, yeah, he left around '99. He had some issues. Like, even I think he has a love hate relationship with Dustin Reynolds with uh, the gold this kind of character as he would. Yeah. I think it does also correlate to how bad his personal issues may have been. Because then he goes in '99, does the leaves in '99, does the uh, seven thing, then just becomes just Dustin. I think it stays there right up until the end. Yeah, well, I think the whole thing, like the seventh thing could have been good, but then yeah. they'd seen it fleshed out in that promo and he looked like a creepy child stalker. Yeah. So it didn't, it didn't really, once we'd fleshed it out into a promo, we're like, nah, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. We can't have a creepy Uncle Fester looking child stalker. Very much. And then like, <coughs> this, is, this is his big return first match, and him and Mr. Perfect, who comes later, are legit, I thought they were legit surprises, but. I'm sure at some point during this show they do talk about them being in the Rumble and everything. So yeah. I'm like, oh. They do talk about them being in the Rumble because J- Jim Ross makes a very a rare faux pas. Huh? Well, during uh, Eilard Mr. Perfect's entrance or during said Rumble himself, Jim Ross says that Mr. Perfect's first Rumble was 1993, which it was not. Mm-mm. It was 1991. Well, even then. I think it would have been 90, I mean, one of, one of his, yeah, I think it would have been 89, because he gets, which is... It was final too. I, 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 which makes it, it's weirdly clear, and, and I don't think they, they, he forgets, I think maybe it's a genuine, a rare stumble from GR, because it's not a case of like, they don't want to mention the winner of that one, because it was Hogan, because a month later, Hogan's going to come in with yeah, the yeah. and also there's all sorts of stories of Perfect supposed to win that rumble at some point, because I think they did want to build him up as a challenge to Hogan, but he inevitably just... Well, he settled into the IC tail scene shortly after that mania because and Warrior, back. Aye, because Warrior had to drop the IC belt to be WWF champion, and then he won the belt. Yeah, what a great idea that was. Yeah, so yeah, I think nineteen ninety, maybe he was in ninety one. I don't know. I don't. I know he wasn't in ninety two because he was also an associate of Rick Flair yeah, at that was, point. He was Flair's associate. Ninety three was the first Rumble he'd come back in because Flair was leaving. Yeah, cause the night that, after that Rumble. Yeah, because his main thing was trying to get Flair. Then they did the angle the following night on Raw. Yeah, because Flair was there, and I remember like uh, Flair, uh, Perfect's entrance into the ninety three mm-hmm. Rumble. It came fucking lunging it like Nicky Cross did in yeah. this year's one. You know, we could feel running, and then. Threw his towel at fucking Ric Flair and he was in Flair's on his knees going, no, no. I think between I think between this 
between that 93 one and this one, the only other association he's had with a rumble was that he was there in 96 to do commentary. Yeah. The rumble. If, do you know if I remember I think it was right, he was the one who gave the call, I can't believe it, two years in a row when Sean yeah. finally wins. But if I remember rightly, it was actually Jerry Lawler. Mm. Either eliminated or assisted heavily in the elimination of... I think he did. Of I think it was more than one person eliminating because... Well, like, he, he threw out Lawler. Because, like... Yeah, I think I think we talked about it. And there was definitely an assistant him getting eliminated because mm. Lawler had already been thrown out. Then and I think he gets involved in helping to eliminate Flair at some point as well, Does, mm. or he or Perfect himself eliminated. Well, no, Flair. like Perfect chucked Flair out to fuck, yeah. and then uh, Perfect was in for a bit, and then he chucked Lawler out, and Lawler was pissy about that. So there was a you know one of the classic rumble scrimmages when a guy's getting through with a couple of yeah, people. Yeah. He was clinging onto that bottom rope. Yeah. But then Lawler grabbed him around the waist and pulled him out. So he did them what Lady Hogan did to Sid. Yeah, basically. And then I think it looked like I don't know if we were planning on setting up a like a feud between Lawler and Perfect, and it never really nothing there yeah. really materialised for it. But we, we were like Perfect got dragged out, and then him and Lawler were brawling on the outside. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's a lot we could we could go to a lot of it. Fucking Perfect's runs like from inj- being injured, then not being injured, then yeah. It's like in WCW and everything, but that's for another time. But yeah, Gucci and Golda start off. It's not the most exciting first two, and that there's not a lot of stuff I noted down. They did this case, you're like, oh, Golda's going to go over? No, he's back in. Yeah. Then he tries to avoid getting sink face, which I thought they would have done a whole thing of like, he what, he's trying to welcome the sink face and fix for Gucci out a wee bit because he's. No, it's no 97. No, <laughs> I'll get to you. But like, they did some of that with Rico during it when he had his coming with Charlie Haas, where like, he, part of the reason he and Charlie won the tag titles with Scotty and Rikishi was he tried to take stink face and that distracted Rikishi like the hell is this guy's problem <laughs> so I thought they would have done something like that with Goldust but I guess it was what I know no, Goldust wasn't as freaky as Rico yes <laughs> he just looked freaky yeah and when you do something that Goldust wouldn't do back in his day that's when you know you're a bit of a freak yeah yeah <laughs> number three is the big boss man yeah, that was, you know, that was an odd entry, but I was like, didn't you say at the time, it was like, aye, Bossman, yeah, he's in it. Aye, the only reason I know Bossman's vaguely around in 02 is because I know, I've seen, like, footage of the different guys in, like, different locker rooms for the original draft. Yeah. And one, and one of them, you see the Bossman sitting about. So, yeah, I think he got injured at some point in 2000, was out for more than a year with a leg injury, but then again, he was mostly on the sea shows anyway, then... He came back here. I don't think he does anything very notable after this. Yeah, was this bef- after the whole him and Bill thing? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Bill's also two thousand. So he comes out. I say, I think now the crash Holly feud that we were talking about. Yeah. Well, well I say talking about they were they were on the end of a six man tag. They said the commentary is talking about the issues they have on that show, and I think that's basically on a heat feud. From what I can read, it just says he was reading with Crash and then mentions his injury. So I'm assuming it's doing a thing with Crash he was doing on Heat or whatever in in two thousand. Yeah. He came to an injury that took him out for like a year or so. But it, would, it wouldn't last in the WWF much longer after no. that. I think he had this rumble and then maybe had a couple of like possible house or sea show I think he, matches. I think he gets drafted to Raw in early in the draft, but he's very much a non-factor for the most part. Leaves at some point, you know, too. I think he has, he, he has to go back down to OEW to help some guys down there. And then gets let go, maybe. Yeah. And then I think by the midpoint of the 2000s, he sadly. Yeah, it was 2004. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, you know, it was only a few years ago that he finally got uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Which is fucking a travesty in yeah. itself. I know. I mean, I, re- I remember, like, 
and obviously I was a baby when like he was at his you know heel peak and his yeah. weight peak back in the day when he was really quite a big dude because mm. he was he was pretty rotund back in the day <laughs> but like I remember if we watched him all silver vision tapes you yeah. know like him and Akeem with twin towers mm-hmm. <laughs> that was what they were called right the yeah, twin yeah. towers Akeem the African dream and the the boss man managed by Slick. Hey, this is not me saying this, but I'm going to quote somebody else. It was an old Inside the Ropes podcast where the guys were going through the <coughs> Rumble entrance. Or I think it was something to do with like 1999, 1991. It was all about Akeem and, and Bossman. And he was going for a total like the Mega Powers Akeem vs. Bossman, the Twin Towers explode. And he's supposed to go, don't fucking say that! And, the, and there was a bit of a, oh shit! Like that, realising you said something like, They're like, ah, oh, balls! Don't say that! <laughs> Don't say that, you'll get us cancelled, you dick. This isn't like 2014 he made that moment, but still, it's a case of like, yeah. oh, Jesus, I didn't realise that. Too soon, prick, too soon. But like, but before I heard he was a nice guy and really like, boss man, one of the tough guys, but also yeah, really nice to those much, two. It was him. much like Yoko, yeah. apparently, because Yoko's apparently a very, very pleasant man as well. What's funny is, I first got introduced to him, and seen clips of him as, you know, prison and boss man, you yeah. Know? And my, one of my first power exposures, this is funny, to seeing him as God Kenny Hard Times boss man, is playing the old PlayStation 3 game Legends of WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> Where he comes out to that classic, you know, Hard Times theme yeah. song. But anyway, that's more interesting than anything Bossman does in this rumble, so let's back to the rumble. Yeah, he comes in, doesn't he? Who eliminates him? Well, he doesn't last long, but we'll get to number four, Bradshaw. Yeah. Uh, Bradshaw doesn't do much either, but kind of long-haired Bradshaw. The long-haired Bradshaw. He and Fruit do get spot in the drive where he comes out like with a big text and a bull rope for a wee Oh, while. I remember that because like, I remember in one of the games that's how he came out. He do, he's like he's in the Harker tail scene for the last few months of so that thing's existence doesn't do much and then in 03 he cuts his hair and then it becomes right? DBL. Well no, he cuts his hair then he's short-haired Bradshaw and AP for like in 03, middle 03 he joins AP, they do something adventurous. AP, ballroom invitation on that. That was it, yeah. They would challenge the belts a few times, but then after Mania 20, they were split up and then yeah. it became JBL. And then he, when he formed his cabinet. He did, yes. Of Orlando the Jordan and the Basham Brothers. Yes, yes, he did. But, uh, then, Danny, Danny and Doug, right? Mm hmm. But then, if we could be serious for a moment, number five is Lance Storm. <laughs> Well, that's definitely serious. Yes. I think... Mr. Personality. Yeah. I think he's done all he, he will do by this point in singles wise because he's got a brief reign as IC champion for like a month. Well, Storm. And, uh, you know one because like after Invasion, after Invasion, he beats Albert for the belt but then drops it to Edge that year SummerSlam. Ah. Uh, but for any of these, most, you'll have a bit of success in the Un-Americans as a tag team champion. Oh, like, uh, yeah. I often Christian. forget when. I think he gets one reign with Christian and one reign with Regal. Nice. There you go. Uh, but then Bossman, this is where Bossman basically makes his contribution a little as it is. He gets a sink face, gets a super, as he's gone, oh Jesus, gets super kicked and then thrown out by a key. So the Bossman has uh, the sanction of being the first man eliminated from this 2002 Royal yeah. Rumble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does everybody want? Else, no. No, that's not what anybody wants, but he's here anyway. Yeah. Is everybody out? What does everybody want? Gold dust to win the Rumble! But it's not going to happen. Yeah. You're, if you want goals to your rumble, you can see your dreams are about to be shattered. Eh, eh, eh. Uh-huh. Wait, wait, nudge, nudge. Very clever. <laughs> Sign them all. Hey. 
when I've been playing on the games, Goldust has won a few rumbles. <laughs> Just like you know, and he's mm. been multi-time champ a few times because he should have been. And good for him. Uh, but uh, Al Snow comes in, and Jesus, when my note from this been pushed between number six coming out and number seven coming out is Al uh, Al Snow runs G- uh, uh, Bradshaw. I'll call him GPL there, but it's a bit early. <laughs> Bradshaw moves out of the way, Randstorm runs and does a Bert Hart bump into the turnbuckle, yeah. turns around and gets the sickest looking fucking bullseye oh, from hell. Yes. Also, well, and a weird, annoying thing about Landstorm and this, and, and Elsno as well, is that they're wearing very similar black long dudes with similar colours. Yeah, yeah. So I had to remind it just for my note, purpose my notes. Because for, for a brief second, I thought Al Snow had been clotheslined. But until no. Until I like, no, it was Landstorm. <laughs> Landstorm looked good. But I was very clotheslined. And then out comes not quite you know you look so good music it's still come out to the one Billy Gunn music but it's Billy Gunn but and his Billy and Chuck yeah he and Chuck have been uh have become a tag team uh and it's here where again the confusion between Snow and between Snow and a uh, Storm really annoys me because they're both fighting on the apron at this point no they're both fighting and eventually Al Snow grabs. The leg of Storm managed to kick him off the apron. Lance Storm's eliminated, and then Billy Billy Gunn didn't think he'd get anything, but he gets a sneaky look and thinks that behind Bradshaw eliminates him. Ah, the Goldust's still in it at this point. The Goldust is still in it, but not for much longer because uh, ah. people on this rumble. The one thing you can say to them is they've done it now. <laughs> they've gone and made a big mistake. Aye, big evil. But uh, likely it's not dubbed over where that is easy because at this point it's got roll which they do keep into the network. Thank God. This is big evil short haired biker taker coming out at number yeah. eight. And there is a big response from the crowd, obviously he's one of the favourites, he's a well one of the most popular. Like, oh good, somebody somebody might win's coming in there. Obviously he's one of the biggest names in this rumble, even though he's a heel, so he still gets a big response and JR and King, I love how they say like, Oh god, as if to say like, Oh, these guys are in fair now, in comes the this. And here, who you'd, they don't mention it here, but he's the hardcore champion at this point. Yeah, he won it at Vengeance from RVD. <laughs> what number was it? He came in at number eight. Whoever had the number eight winner, I think so. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Randy Orton was either eight or nine when he won the Rumble, so we might have had a number eight winner. Cool. So, I mean, there's very few numbers left. I don't think they haven't won the Rumble. I'm honest. I mean, most of them are single-digit numbers anyway. You know, it's not it's not as impressive to say, oh, look, number seven won the Rumble as it is to say number one or two won the Rumble. No, you can say, look, one of the only numbers that has never actually won the Rumble has won the Rumble. Number seven's going to WrestleMania. Yay! Mm. <laughs> Who really cares at this point? <laughs> no one. <laughs> but yeah, Taker comes in, he's a heel now, he's all about respect and all that. Respect my daughters! <laughs> this is my yard. He comes in, cleans house, fucking, the way he eliminates Goldust in this rumble. It's violent. Yes. It's violent and evil. <laughs> well, he's big evil, so. Nah, he's a big cunt. <laughs> Lemin- like, eliminate my pick, man. Cleans house, boots Rikishi over. Grabs Goldust, fucking choke slams him to the outside. I know. Poor Goldust. Violent big Basically, dick. Welcome back, Dustin. Fuck off. Aye. And then finally throws out Billy. Uh, they finally stand alone in the ring. What's also funny about Goldust doing this is that he has this entrance where you talk about the gold confetti yeah. into this guy. 
that stays around ringside. For the whole rumble. And some of it gets in the ring, so every so often you see a guy because he's all sweaty, but he just wee bits of gold on his back. <laughs> no, like little gold circles on him. Like, Taker's wee thing with Maven on the outside later on. All in amongst this very vicious beating, all you can see under like Undertaker's shoes are all around his feet, as wee plates of gold. Yeah. Very, which yeah. really takes away from the seriousness of this bit. Poor Maven. Poor Maven. Poor, but why did he have to go and eliminate? He could, he could have waited. <laughs> he could have eliminated anybody else and no got a kicking. But he didn't. He didn't. I mean, the guy after him was Scotty too hot, so he wasn't getting much help Scotty from Scotty. didn't even get in the bloody ring. But I'm saying if Scotty did get in the ring, he wouldn't be much help against yeah. The Undertaker. Did Scotty even get in the ring? He eventually gets in the ring, yeah. We're off my head, but he does get in the ring. Yeah. Doesn't stay in there very long, though, does he? Mm-hmm. No, it never probably was. Anyway. Yeah. I just, I hated the fact that Scotty was doing his little dance to the ring and yeah. he was like, I fuck you and all. <laughs> just cracks him. You're I mean, like, what, what did Scotty do? I mean, when you think about Scotty Joy, some of his best things in Rumbles is moments from the Rumble involves him doing very little in that, like, you know, 2000, he encourages Grandmaster and Rikishi to dance with him. They do, and then he and Grandmaster get thrown out. And Rikishi goes... Sorry. And then all one of his best thing was his entrance because obviously Kane and Undertaker cleared house and he comes in that slow kind of being like, oh shit, I go in that ring, I'm going to get murdered. <laughs> and then you hear where he gets punched. It gets like Heath Slater in 2018 where I remember Corbin's went out the ramp and went, fuck off. <laughs> punched him in the face. But he doesn't get to eliminate anyone like, like, like Heath did when he eliminated Sheamus. But anyway, that wee prick eliminated Jameis basically, remember, remember it was 2018 basically he got punched by Corbin his way down the ring then everyone, everyone who came out would get a wee shot and then Jameis looks at him and I'm going to throw him in and eliminate him so he throws him in takes too long so by the time he gets in a groggy he's like just like clotheslined him out again what a, what a fucking shocker for Seamus getting eliminated by that wee dick well, I mean, later on the night he had a match for the Raw Tag Titles and he won them so he didn't give a fuck oh, that's he's Seamus that's alright one anyway Taker comes in, he cleans it, as I said, and then comes number nine, Matt Hardy, who they talk about, he's had some issues with, with Matt and Lee, uh, recently as, uh, as Taker. So Matt does his best, and it looks like he's getting suplexed there. He goes, I do like how they do this on commentary, like, and, oh, Matt's going to need some help here, and like I don't think he's going to get it from this next entrant. Uh, the same music plays at style, he's like, oh, maybe he will, and it comes to him, he's taking him. Wait, who didn't you see that fucking coming? There's those stuff you would say whenever they review a rumble and a tag partner comes in right after their their partner goes mm. uh, a number and this number proving that wrestling is a work. <laughs> <laughs> so the Hardys come in. I think this is a probably a official kind of reuniting almost, even though they went apart that long because they had a match at Vengeance as right. a result of. But Jeff. he's then like brushing the shit under the yeah. carpet and going right, we're good again because they had that whole thing of oh Jeff. You know, of course, those tag titles at, uh, at Survivor Series mm-hmm. and the match with the Dudleys and everything. So they double team the Tiger uh, and then B catches them with double closing at one point. And they look like they're going to set him up for a poaching motion. I love how they do this. Jeff jumps up, Tiger just catches him and went, yeet. Right, out you go. <laughs> but with fuck it, the last ride he's fucking Matt. Is it Matt? Oh. Yeah. Just fucking. <clears throat> I'll be honest, before he lifted him proper, it looked a wee bit suspect. Yeah. You know? You don't need to blow him before you destroy him, man, you know? <laughs> Christ. It's weird because like, I think much, much of 2001, this would be his main finisher along the choke slam, the, the last three. 
he would do it again as, as Baker Taker, but I think it's around this point where he starts bringing the tombstone back more often, whereas in all one he'd do it very occasionally. Yeah, like, but like, I think he'd probably got to the point where he's like, well, I don't need crotch in my face anymore. Let me just. Well, I think he'd lean down a bit and also he'd maybe try to give his, give his knees a break for a little bit. Yeah, but that last ride he gave Matt was violent because <laughs> he bounced him. <laughs> and throws him out, and then one of those instances where I'm annoyed at the network. What have you done to me? What have you done to Maven's song? I know, fuckers, man. He's the two versions of that song. He gets a, 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 a two versions of the same song. One, well, with two versions of a song with different lyrics, but the same the na 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 like song with them. So two different ones, but this is not either of them. No, this, this is somehow just worse. Generic pesh that have made sound a bit like his song. There are two things I don't like, but when the network changes, one like two examples of the network changing something I don't like this. And the fucking god wins. I know what the fuck is Wayla? I don't know. It's sung by Hillbilly Jim. He's in your Hall of Fame. Get, let us hear the song. Let us hear the song. You let, you let us hear their fucking shitty, fiddly heel, heel one. theme. But people want to fucking. Hey, you can see them clap along. If people want to, want to sing along and don't mess with a country boy. Fucking. Fucking WWE dicks. <laughs> Well, yeah, Maven comes out. He even comes up on his graphic, tough enough, one winner. <laughs> and like, even when Al comes out earlier on, the main thing they say about him is not former tag team or European or hardcore channel. Here comes the coach from Tough Enough, Tough Enough 2 starring next week. Yeah, that's the only accolade we give him. Aye. And that's the only accolade that Maven would ever really have. You know, for a little while, Al Snow does c- came out to the, to the Tough Enough thing that they give to Maven. Yeah. Like, I think he came out, to, I remember watching him at Survivor's Usual win against Christian, he comes out to that. So Maven has that first song called Memory, which was meant to go to the male winner anyway. And then by like, oh, three, oh, four, it was the one I remember him having, which is called Around the Stars. Or, yeah. It has that same guitar, but different lyrics. I think maybe the same band. Anyway, he comes out and he has this kind of, oh, he has that trepidation face. And Taker kind of like, he's like, come on. Come on, get, feed, feed me more young people that I can batter. Aye, come on, wee man. And you go. If you if you hurry up, I'll throw you it quick, make this painless. Oh, it's stepping in my yard, boy. And then Maven comes in, he quickly gets battered, but he's uh, he gets saved briefly when the Hardys come back in to try and beat him up. Leah gets on the apron, he just shoves her to I him. know, They're like, get to him. He throws both the Hardys back out and he starts yelling at they keep your asses out of my room. And then Maven, the most iconic, one of the more iconic ones of the Frumble. Jumps up and super kick, well, drop, drop kicks kick, him. A hell of a drop kick, oh it has aye. to be said. Best thing he's ever done in his career. <laughs> JR has a thing where like his mouth malfunctions for two seconds and then he, he registers it and that's where you get like, oh, oh, my God, my God, Maven yeah. from Tavana just eliminated the Undertaker. We, would, we wouldn't see him again until he was a proponent of the Simon system. <laughs> Do you know, I think, I think there's a Raw in January of 2002 where he gets a random shot at Chris Jericho in the undisputed title. Right. They really tried to make Maven a thing for a little bit. You know, you got the hardcore belt and all long after this. Do you know, if we'd have tried to push him as a solid mid-card guy, he probably would have got somewhere. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, you get to joke it. Do you know, trying to get over the what theme that seems to be... What chant being the theme of this thing is also in the song. The Vibuki's going, What? What? I'll play it again. What? It's bad enough in the crowd in Austin, do it, King. We don't need you doing it as well. No, King, no. What's it also still, not just the crowd action or JR, it's Undertaker's face. Like, that, no, he's just, like, that did not just fucking happen. No, he's like, What the fuck you just done, you wee cunt? 
Then <laughs> fucking Maven. As, as soon as he kicks Undertaker out, well, he's like, uh, it was a rumble. I was supposed to do it. Wait, tell me. Like, he's it. taken the ads from the crowd, and then he's kind of carrying kind of with his face, like, oh god, he looks angry. Oh, oh no, he's coming back. Oh no. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> Stay away. I have powers. Scary powers. Ooh. Undertaker, if you strike me down, I should become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> and Undertaker goes, well, let's just see, shall we? <laughs> But throws him through the rope. He throws him through the rope. Yes. Beats, proceeds to beat the fist out of him. Picks up a chair. Oh, there's no protection on brains this. Brains him with a fucking thing. The th- so much so the seat bit bends yeah, a little bit. He brained him with that chair. Is but that leading? He did not eliminate him. Now, this is where the rules get very loose. Because does play around those. We talked about it before in the then number 12 comes out, Scotty. Oh, can I mention also, I like the, kind of the aesthetic of the... I had a joke about in the last part about the, uh, the the poster looking like a bit of like the B&M logo in the background of one of the interviews. <sighs> but uh, I like the counter in this rumble. Yeah, it was cool. But it has the Royal Rumble letter, Royal Rumble around the wee circle and it lights up as it goes round. Yeah, number. I like that. I, I that like was that. cool. But number 12, out comes Scotty Too Hotty and Tigger... Does he even dance spin around? Yeah, he dances his way into Undertaker's fist. And what he just punches him. And then And then Eager throw, does throw him back in, but then throws him back out the ring over the top this time. But this is the thing. Taker was already out. Aye, but like this is where rules are very lax because online it's credited Taker does eliminate Maven, but it, in some places, but this is where the rules are like sometimes People will get come back in. It doesn't count, and then there are times where they be for the for whatever purposes. Say, oh, so and so was eliminated, <sighs> even though it was by a guy they already got, they already threw out. Yeah. So in a way, technically, he is eliminated. Technically, yeah. Even then, he wasn't in no, he was going to be in no shape when the Undertaker was done with him because then he takes him through the crowd and starts beating him up, takes him up to the concession stand area, he puts his head through a popcorn, yeah, thing. And I love that Taker grabs a bit of handful of popcorn and eats it himself as well. Although. Like, I'm pretty sure Maven was bleeding, and you threw him in the popcorn thing. Like, you can't serve that shit. No, it's gonna be contaminated now. Well, that rabid, crazy crowd would probably eat it anyway. <laughs> or like take some blood to stone that like popcorn with blood on it, like sell online. Like I have legitimate popcorn covered in Maven's blood. Yeah, his blood. If we wanted to, we could grow Maven and make him more successful than the previous Maven. Yes, we could make him an upper mid carder. Yeah. <laughs> Maven was also in the main event of Survivor Series 04 along with Randy, on a winning team with Randy Orton, Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit where they each won the right to GM Raw for a week each. Wow. And Maven, what did Maven do? What anyone else would do. He booked himself in a world title match with Triple H. If he lost. <laughs> Triple, you want to think Triple H for the world heavyweight title in that period between 03 and 05? Yeah, that's not a lot of work for you. That's 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 that's, that's, his, that's probably when he's at his strongest. Yeah, there's no way, boy. He's not going to let you win a belt against him. You silly, silly Maven. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's not just like the scene with all the popcorn and everything. You notice the fans in here, like they're proper. You talk about being rabid there. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of security guards who are probably shoving at people like, get the fuck out. He's gone back. Let, them, let him beat him up in peace, please. And you know, I'll, I'll set the Undertaker on you as well. You'll you'll go through the popcorn, but yeah, see how yeah. you like it. 
And then and while this is happening, the bit with the going, oh, you hear the buzzer go off, and you hear, the song, the song, at you're on we get oh. we get Christian with his shitty music. Like it. Well, he's uh he's he's European too, he just sits been chilling like his lies are growth through up like Ah, oh. right now lazy boy, it's here for you, Christian. <laughs> and then uh Scotty finally just stumbles his way back to it. I'm fine, I can go. And so he's in Christian's right on him as well. And then no when the things resume and focuses back in the and time for number fourteen. It's me. It's me. It's D D P. I think we mentioned also in the last time they do basically say, oh, no stranger to the Atlanteans, their former WCW champion, DDP. It's a man had a diamond cut on Christian. This is before they had their little association there. Hey, Christian, it's okay. You didn't lose your cool. And that's not a, that's not a bad thing. That is a, is a good, good thing. thing. He's a smile as well. Yeah, anyway, here's the diamond cut on Christian. He manages, he, uh, Scotty goes for the worm. Everyone's still chanting at this point, still is over the W-O-R-M. And fucking DDP ruins it. Eliminates Scotty. And then number 15 coming out to uh, Billy Gunn's one music is Chucky. And fucking hell. JR cannot hide how much he fucking hates Chuck Palumbo here. Why does he hate him? I don't know. I like but, Chuck Palumbo. Like, legit, they even call it out on commentary. We're like, wait, wait, wait. Your king's like, why can't you call him, say his name like that? Chucky. Why can't, why do you have to say it like that? What do you mean with this guy? Like, I don't like him? Yeah. And then they just move on like, yeah, I don't like this guy. Blonde, ha- beast blonde hair. And I would barely get him. <laughs> I don't know what his issue is. And then they do joke about his hair also. He dyed it to suit Billy's, uh, so they can look like going. And Jerry Law goes, oh, that's hair, that's all natural, JR. Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, they beat me up, and then, I love this next bit. One of my, my, boy, one of my boys, I love, I love this guy. I, I found appreciation for him when I was doing more of that retro smackdown. Who is this? Out comes number 16, The Godfather. Ah, The Godfather. Who's gone legit. He's now running an escort service. He's an updated... Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. No, no, who's there? Escort's there, my lady friends. They are his business bitches. (laughs) Yes. Somehow worse, I think. Before I wax lyrical about The Godfather's entrance a little bit more... I mentioned Chucky and Billy. I should mention Kurt here. And over in E, I mean, I know you don't care, but anyway... uh, Billy's two sons, Colton and Austin, won their tag titles. Ah, cool. I, I think I saw that. Yes. You know, Pe- I think people, I saw people, that. Quite a lot of people don't like it, but I thought it was funny. Me, like, I laughed because I knew people wouldn't like it. Ah, that's why I laugh a lot of the time, <laughs> because I like a lot of the things that people don't like. Yeah. Yeah, they won. They teased that Billy would get back together with them, but then they didn't, and then one of, the, one of his own sons hit him with a tag title belt during the match. Ah. Yes. Oh, there was an angle the week before where Billy accepted on the chance, the former chance that he claims behalf with like, where he goes to walk away. I don't want any part of this. He goes to walk away and one of the guns gets on the mic goes, fine, walk away like you did our entire childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Chucky's in here, then out comes the Godfather, as I said. We hoods or escorts. I, I follow the Godfather on Instagram and it's ironic here because he, he, sometimes he posts old videos from his career or whatever. And he posted a bit from when he was doing this run where he's doing a Valentine's promo like Oh Godfather's new escort service. Ah, for the first time ever, we're running our Valentine's two for one special. 
<laughs> well, it's why my brother sent me because of him trying to offer holes to the Undertaker, who, as we know, they're pals in real life. Like, he's trying to get me probably crap. And don't play the call with me, but I know you like holes. He comes up with four women, two on each side. He'll be like, hold on a minute, he goes backstage and he gives about four more women. And he goes, like, oh, and like, oh god, is there any more? And he comes up, he's got four, he's got fucking 12 women. Yeah. With him. And then his, his twelve, his twelve busty disciples. It's <laughs> a funny way of putting it. Then he finally takes off his jacket. He's looking. He's got. He's hair is a bit shorter. He's got more bit of a ponytail kind of going at the back. I like the look. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I liked it. You know, he was probably happy because I've mentioned before how much he did not like being the good father. Oh yes. But he comes in and he takes that long. Well, one, the camera misses DDP getting eliminated. We have to show a replay of DDP being eliminated. Yeah. Who, who chucked him out? I think it was a, I think it was a group effort between Christian Christi and Chucky. Ah, cool, cool. <laughs> but, and then, but it takes that long, by the time he gets in, not long after he steps around, the counter goes again. And I got confused. I forgot about this little tag team of uh, the hip-hop hippo Albert along with Scotty Doy, because legit, when Scotty Doy's music went on again, I thought, it's Grandmaster in this. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, even though I, I, I kind of know that at this point he, he was like out of the company. Yeah. He was out of it by this point. I think he, had, he was popping up and well, he was about to pop up later on this year in NWA TNA. Oh. Yeah. And he's appearing in a few other places. But yeah, he comes out. He was like, Christian and Chucky got a little mini run here because they eliminated the Godfather and Albert here. Yeah. And then number 18 comes Perry Saturn, who again I forgot was still about. And because uh, it's obviously post Moppy, still coming out to that radical theme with a uh, they make jokes about the cow about cows because of the pattern noise. I, I certainly believe though that in this rumble he did his best to put across the fact that he was still legit because he was pretty stiff in that rumble. He, he, he looked fucking huge. He did look jacked as fuck. He did, but he was hitting hard as fuck as well. There's like well, like this rumble, was, well, those rumbles are stuff happening. Like there's those bits, there's stuff happening. There's bits when there's ebbs and flows. Like the first wee bit gets a few people in, so under can come in and clear house, and then it's starting to fill back up again. Mainly, so number nineteen can come in, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So <laughs> it's another massive pop, as you imagine, and he clears house. He throws, throws out Christian, throws out uh, Chucky, throws out Saturn, and then he realizes I've got some time. I think he stunnered Saturn, therefore throwing him at last, and then realizes I got some time. Grabs Christian, throws him back in. Stunner, throws him <laughs> in again. Still some time. Chuck it. Stunner, throw him out. Throw him again. Mm-hmm. Just keep practicing until the next one comes up. Pretty much. He was doing kind of a abridged version of his 1997 run where he was sitting there looking, yeah, at, his, looking at his watch. <laughs> until, uh, until that, that bit when <laughs> Bitchman's music comes on and he goes, <gasps> Oh no! It's him! But he doesn't do the. <laughs> Thank you. If 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 Steve if Steve Austin played the main character in Home Alone, that's the face you'd pull during. Oh, totally. Ah. Kevin McAllister special face. Yeah. Oh fuck! I have been left home. Kevin, Kevin. Alone. Kevin, you're so useless. What? Everyone does everything for you. What? Kevin, you're an idiot. What? What? <laughs> what? Wait, bandits come in like I don't need no trust. I was gonna hit you with a stunner. What? They would have been a cracking WCW tag team. What, the Wet Bandits? Aye. Vince Russell would have loved them. I love how you specify WCW. Oh, yes. Yeah, specify them. <laughs> Vince Russell, WCW would have been all over that. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, 
1995, 94 into 95, Vince would have been oil, that would have been gimmicky as fuck, he would have slabbered on that, so he would have. Vince Russo would have done that in 99. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, out comes number 20, Val Venus. Who, uh, He's not... back to a porn star with his short hair. Yeah, well, I think you can tell here, I think it was just real case, case of his hair just started to thin over right. the years. But at least he didn't have that stupid remix of his entrance at that point. No. Yeah, he comes out. I think for a while he'll try the nickname the Big Valboski, like an actual name that he'll be billed as, not just a nickname. And then he goes to Chief Morley as a new character where he's like, he briefly teams with Landstorm and then he becomes like a enforcer for Eric Bischoff for a little bit. Mm. Like, because Morley's his real life, like, surname. Mr. Morley. Mr. Morley. <laughs> We're Morley and, and Morley. Ooh. I legit was thinking that in the back of my head that you said it. <laughs> two peas. Two peas. Anyway, nothing much happens. The number 21 comes in. Test. <laughs> two peas on a pod. <laughs> Recording a pod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a lot. You know, no one else laughs, but we do. Yes, yeah, so. Yeah, we think funny, jokes. so, you know. Haha, <laughs> fuck you. Haha. <laughs> but nothing much happens. So, test, test, in comes test. They're going about, oh, he's got. Immunity, because he won that immunity ball road, so he can't be fired for up to a year. Like, yeah, he may not have immunity there, but he's not got immune to a stunner. Yeah. Daddy. And then he and Val fail a double team attempt on Austin, who eliminates both of them, then waits for the next entrant. And this is where really things really pick up in this latter half of the Rumble, I think, because they really backload the Rumble in this little back half. I mean, Farouk yeah. and Hurricane are like the least bigger names are ones you don't believe will win and no offence to either of them but Hurricane was a Calvary guy and Fruke for all his accomplishments in WCW was very much special a tag settled team in, guy yeah very much settled in that tag team division yeah he could have and probably should have been at least a one time IC champ yeah. but you know yeah. Vince is more interested in pushing the big diddy that he beat up yeah well, I think he would have won the belt from because I think the plan was them. they were having a match at SummerSlam that year mm. and then they got Andrew it's weird that Fruit then did get to a final of a tournament to create a new champ, but then lost it to Meadow. Yeah. I think by that point, Vince already decided that I think Triple H is suffering enough. He'll can, he can get the belt back. But well, he, he also, remember, got done it when Stone Cold helped Owen win it. Yeah. And they, he did get a WF title shot. One of his only ones, I think, was against Undertaker at King of 97. Mm. But, yeah, I think it was a case of, like, Triple H was already going to get the belt back by his late 96. So, Vince like, let's put it on our face. And then give it to Triple H. Well, them having beat a very, fairly new heel. But anyway, so number 22, here comes Triple H looking fucking. Fucking jacked as fuck. Yeah. Like, awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesomely jacked. Yeah. And you know, with people taking their time, he, he soaks in, he gets his full on Triple H entrance. I'm going to be out for eight or nine months at that point. I love how, like, Godfather takes up the 90 seconds and then the next entry comes out. This is clearly not 90 seconds between his entry and the next entry. Like, no, unless he's like three minutes or something. I, I was talking to you, like, I came up to record before we did get in and watch it, and you were watching the ending of it. And mm. I was like, this is like the longest 90 seconds in human history. It really was. It really was. But he comes out and does his thing, and, you know. Mm-hmm. And he looks awesomely huge. Because obviously, we talk about, we referenced it, but we talked about the, uh, we referenced it in part one, but we talked about the, the stuff at Madison Square Garden. 
Mm. They return, they build it up, you know, movie squad, the video pro package set to U2 for some reason. Oh, fucking U2. But anyway, he moved, apparently moved down to Birmingham, Alabama, where the, the rehab facility was pretty much lived there. For a period of time, so we could get see, back as soon I've as possible. I've seen, I've seen like wee snippets of the recovery, like when they're doing the thing that they're measuring, Aye. like how much he could stretch his leg out and Aye. things like that. But even at that point, when he's in recovery, period, his legs looked fucking huge. It's weird because I remember I've got SummerSlam 07 uh, on DVD, and at the start of 07, he, he fucks his other quad, and then 07 is his first match back. And like they're building around there, it's like years after anybody watched it, they're building out, they're making it seem like. Make it make him seem like the six million dollar man, where like it's all these vignettes showing a bit of his surgery and training to get back with his with voice over going, gentlemen, we can rebuild him. He will be better than he was before, mm. stronger. <laughs> like, how old is this reference that you're making, Vince? Is uh, is on point as always, clearly. Oh, totally. But, but yeah. it's interesting to think as well. Nearly end of Triple H's career, uh-huh. he had he had the straps on. Mm-hmm. He was like Stone Cold and end up. Yeah. Both knees were strapped up to fuck. Mm-hmm. But I think those two quads were the only two real, like, he's had injuries, but, like, those were the only two that had him out for a long period. Because, like, remember, like, when he got his throat fucked, went by an RVD, like, uh, five star. He could barely breathe, but he was back, but he was wrestling on the next pay per view. Yeah. Or, like, when he when he tore his pick in uh, Saudi Arabia, but obviously he wasn't wrestling full time, so it didn't matter if yeah. he could get back in the ring. Have you noticed, though, that both times that they fucked up both his quads were in tag matches? Yes, as a <laughs> you know, and both in tag title matches, I believe. Yeah, I think it was yeah, because like it was also against him and Stone Cold defending the two man power trip against Jericho and Benoit, Benoit and, and then him, him and it was him and Sean challenging Radar KO. Yeah, oh, they were challenging Radar KO. Yeah, I think they were the champs, and then they would lose them. I think Sean and Cena randomly won them off, um, and then the Hardys win the belts. And then there's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the tie division wasn't what it was during that mm. point in 07. But it was all over the place. It was a weird point that uh, I'd be the dog that when Triple H went out, if I may. But uh, obviously, he said two man power trip. When obviously Austin was the WF champion at WrestleMania, and then a week after Mania, Triple H wins the IC belt. Mm. And then they won the tie belts from the Brothers of Destruction at, at Backlash. So they had Judgment Day. Triple H loses the IC belt to Kane in a chain match. Yeah. And then they have this uh, tag title match the very next night because Jericho and Benoit won a, a gauntlet on Judgment Day to get the tag title shot. Yeah. So then they have the match, which for a, long, for a while, a lot of people credit this is one of the best matches in Rocketry. I don't think I've ever actually seen it, but like they were just getting all sorts of plots, but then also they don't play it as much other than the Triple H engine because obviously of Benoit's involvement yeah. in it. But like Jericho went on a Jericho on interviews and said that this was meant to spin off into a longer thing because it was meant to be I think him Triple H and Benoit Austin or maybe the other way around but I think it's him Triple H Benoit Austin like Triple H and that just did a singles thing and uh, Austin and Benoit probably for the title mm-hmm. then when Triple H got injured that made that meant that King Ring ended up being like a triple threat for the title against those other three guys. Mm. But, uh, yeah, because also the, the first spot after Triple H injures his quad and gets, like, the walls of Jericho on the fucking... On the announce desk, yeah. And, he, and he, Jericho even said, like, he even said, like, are you, are you sure? Like, just, well, just do it. <laughs> Let's do it before I fucking change my mind, dick. And then, like, comes in, takes, as a walk from the day, well, into the ring, he accidentally hit Austin with the sledgehammer, and he cost him the belts. And, like, as soon as Triple H is gone, <sighs> Austin, when he was still, he'll be still like, 
and then Martha replaced the one that cast us the tag team titles. Mm. I don't care. I don't give a damn about your damn quad. Because <laughs> I, th- I told you when we, you were watching and we had the big piece of, at one point, the plan for Mason X8, or 18 if you want to go was going to be Triple H versus Austin. Heel Austin versus face Triple H. Yeah. Neither of the way things would work is, you know, heel Austin didn't work after he turned mm. anti, anti-heel like tweener. Yeah. And... Face Triple H is just weird, man. I mean, he, 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 wore this wave, he rode this wave for a while leading into Mania, and then afterwards, I think they soon realised that he's cool and that, but as, as soon as they find the opportunity, and the opportunity presents that when Sean came back, like, now we need to turn him back to a bad but, guy. Like yeah, a total cunt. Pretty much. What's, what's the best way to turn him into a total cunt? Take his, his bestest friend and beat his face through a car window. Pretty much, yeah. So yeah, It was me, Sean. It was me. Really, the way they were going, like I don't know how they would leave all the way to Mania because, like, obviously, Triple H is costing the tie belt. Triple H lost his singles belt first, mm. so you can see Austin maybe betraying not Triple H the idea that he thinks Triple H is a weak link. But really, at most, I can see that carrying at SummerSlam. I don't know how they would carry it all the way to the next year's Mania. Yeah, yeah. There would probably have been some contrived fucking storyline. Yeah. Throughout, you know, because they could have still done it maybe if Austin had won at Vengeance and was the champion, but like. They would then probably done phase three race because I think they knew that Triple H come back. At least they hoped that he would carry some sort of momentum through, like coming back and coming back from such an hiring as I knew. And he does get that massive pop here and at MSG, so he goes in as a face. So I don't think they wanted the crew to choose fate which face to. Aye, yeah. mm. well, it's not like the modern era where the crowd are allowed to yeah. have an opinion, you know. But like Austin. I think it was very much unhappy because you can see when when you go look at what the other options were when he has a match with Scott Hall, and in that at one point like it's you Triple H made a hit for the title that's not happened and then he's kind of lobbying I think some other people were lobbying as well it should be Austin versus Hogan when Hogan came back in mm. and they gave it out to the Rock and then we're gonna have you versus Scott Hall and so also compared to those other two options it felt like very much like a step down yeah there was even an interview show called Bite This it was a for early internet show. I think I remember the name of it. It was very dated when you look at it compared to nowadays, but like Austin does an interview shortly after WrestleMania basically like and he asked him, What do you think about, you know, the WF current state of the WF today? Like, honestly man, I think the product sucks. I think you know, I think it sucked for a long time. It sucked I think the journey of some folks you've lost and sucks, it sucked right sucked long before WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm like I'm not fucking happy about it. <laughs> they had people tell him that Hall was winning that mania. Yeah. That wasn't true. And then when Triple when he so when he would storm into Vince off to say I should not be losing to Scott Hall. And when Vince said okay you're winning, even though Vince already knew he was winning, but he just wanted to make Austin think, just make Austin think it's his idea. No, which is really a shitty thing. But you know, it was Austin, a shitty thing. But that was Vince, wasn't it? Yeah. So. Austin goes away so Triple H went away so I think that was the thing Rock was going away they were trying to build up Jericho and Ben was like main event guys they'd, they did a, they did as much as they could in the first couple of months of the two man power trip of Kane Undertaker using them as fodder fodder or foils <laughs> to the two man power trip but I think it was the case if they wanted to turn Triple H's face like we need faces we're missing a face to really go against this heel Austin so they wanted to turn Triple H's face yeah that wouldn't have worked though because no. Triple H in my opinion has always been a Crappy face. But like, even if Triple H hadn't got hurt, also a lot of whatever they had planned had to be changed because of the invasion. So I often wonder what Triple H would have fit in there. Yeah. Would 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 they still have Austin turn and maybe put Triple H into the old angle had for a while as the guy kind of almost leading the WF against 
Alliance or with yeah. Triple H instead turn heel and it's, join the Alliance. It still wouldn't be believable because, I mean, you got a lot of wrestlers, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of wrestlers, like, you know, if you turn them yeah. for one taller, yeah. you're like, that just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, a perfect example in the modern era, mm-hmm. there's a lot of wrestlers, and I'm not going to name names, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But there's a lot of wrestlers that are personally, as a wrestling fan, I think, why the fuck are you making them faces? Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be heels or dicks. Yeah. No, they're just dicks like you're supposed to like. Mm-hmm. Nah, no doing yeah. that. I hate them. I hate them, and I don't even hate them in a good way now. Yeah. You know, because like when they're heel, you go, "Ha ha, cool, he's a dick or she's a dick," and then they turn them face and like, you're just a dick. You're not even <laughs> a likable dick. Fuck off. <laughs> go on day one. I know. You're starting to make me feel like you're. You're starting to make me feel the way John Cena did when he was popular. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> so, like, I, I mean, maybe it would have made sense if Triple H or maybe if they turned him heel and joined the alliance, you know, because Stephanie was involved in the alliance and they mm. were together. So who knows how it really would have worked? But I think a whole it was a crazy mess. But what's even weirder than that is the tease that this is an issue between him and Austin that isn't sell because you remember they had the issue, they still had issues going in the old one rumble. Mm. They had the two out of three falls match with three stages to hell, and then Austin went on to Mania. I would have thought like this feels like it's something that should also be built into another no way out match. This year, this year one, but after this, actually Austin gets a title shot against Jericho at No Way Out, and Triple H goes into a thing with Kurt Angle based on the ending of this rumble. Mm-hmm. And then Austin isn't putting the title picture like he loses the number one contender thing after Mania to Taker. And they haven't feud with Ric Flair. Yeah. Ric Flair was still fairly part time, so I thought Austin was like, I ain't dealing with this shit. And then Flair basically sets the big show on Austin, like, like I'm not doing it. And I think when he gets to the thing about Lesnar, like, no build or anything, on Raw, qualifying match, you're losing. But you're Brock. losing, and he's like, nah, fuck that shit. And then, like, I've had up to you, this is a straw, like, brought the camels back and all oh, that. Excuse you guys, I'm good. <laughs> no, no, no. You here, me here. <laughs> hey. Maybe, maybe here. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Good. Anyway, so they have a bit of back and forth. We're really staring nose to nose, and when you say that about Triple H, that means something. <laughs> <laughs> they eventually have a. <laughs> nose to bow. Nose to stern. So they have a bit of a double down spot. Next entry comes up. Stand back. There's a hurricane mm, coming through. through. He comes in. He's like, oh, it's a superhero. And he comes in. He looks at both of them. He like, grabs Triple H. Yeah, like, ha ha! And ha ha! And Triple H and still go look at each other. You seen this wee dick? I think Austin even sells it for a bit. Oh, I'm going by the throat. Like, wait, is this dick that's saying it? Oh, screw oh, this. Oh, fuck that. And then we just get a look at it. We toss him out. Like, get to it. And, and he's, he's like, uh, like Hurricane looks like he's trying to summon some sort of super strength. Like, oh, I've got both of them. And then and they both look at him. He's like, and both like, ah oh, no. He's like, I've got the both. I oh it. fuck, I've got nothing. I, I immediately regret this decision. I know, my powers are weak. I am thwarted. He's still got his cape on, he fl- flies over. This is why they say no incredible no capes. <laughs> no capes. No capes. Then they go back to fame. Then Farouk comes in, poor Farouk. Gets you see, Kane, he debuts, he has cape. Probably debuts, no cap. <laughs> and he wins, <laughs> no caps. Nikki, Nikki Cross debuts as a superhero, wears a cape, gets the title for a bit, then gets nothing. 
And now she's back with Nikki Cross and she's on TV. No kips. No kips. And she doesn't have a stupid fucking name either. No. She has a proper name. You know, Nikki Cross. We cycle. No, also, what, the main thing is annoying me about Superhero Nikki Cross, but no, the main thing was, they announced her as almost a superhero, Nikki ASH. But ASH stands for almost a superhero. So it's almost a superhero, Nikki almost a superhero. Yeah, I know. I no, know. It's ASH, not Ash. If it's AS, if it's almost a superhero, Nikki Ash, it's a double meaning. I know, I know, I know, Scott, I know. I hated that. I know, but you know, it wasn't Triple H in charge of Creative Len. We know whose fault that was. No, it was Nikki's fault. She, it was her idea. Her idea? Yeah. To silly, be a silly, Nikki, why? And everyone was going on about, oh, it's, it's great. And like, it was her idea. I'm like, just because something is your idea, not an idea given to you, doesn't mean always make it a great idea. Oh, Nikki, Nikki, come on. Bad idea. Hey, Farouk, he's like, stunner, I'll let me throw it in by Triple H. And normality, resumes for Austin and Stone Cold in the Rumble. Yeah. And then when we get some really big hitters, number 25, Mr. Perfect. Who is making his return. His first match of this run. No, not often fondly remembered. But run. no, he gets a good pop. He gets yeah. a really good pop. And he comes out doing his usual shit, you know, chewing the gum, uh-huh. throwing the towel, looking good. Mr. Perfect, man. The thing is, after this, the only other thing that people remember about his run is that he was involved in that incident on the plane with, with Brock Lesnar, which ended up getting a fire. Like, he wrestled quite a bit on him, more so than he should have at this period. Yeah. And there was so much he could have done. I, I still maintain, like, why was he not... Why was it not him versus Angle at WrestleMania? Yeah, well, that'd be cool. You had a golden opportunity right there in front yeah, of you. Yeah, I mean... It, Especially, I mean, we waxed fucking crazy lyrical about that King of Ring 93 match between yeah. him and Bret Hart. Mm. And so, well, so maybe injuries, maybe he's not where he was, but I think he could still go. He could still go. Yeah. I mean, come on, Angle was wrestling with a broken frickin' neck. I know. Going with Angle, he could he could really look good. And it's a shame that the thing happened with Brock, because I think they were fouls behind the scenes and they were a bit confused because they're both from the same kind of wrestling scene. So, like, I think... That's why they they got they get in these competitions which they ill advisedly got on the plane, which is not good. Which is a lot led to that because they went right in the door. So I'm just looking someone up by the way. Number eight in the Royal Rumble, Randy Orton won it in two thousand eight. I was right. Oh, cool, cool. So yeah, thank you from earlier on, but you know. There you go. Thank you for remembering that and telling me the, the sitch with it. Yeah, but so yeah, so I would, I would like to see an actual on camera feed early on between Perfect and Perfect and uh, Lesnar well, that would have been really cool especially on these records Lesnar beat like a lot he beat like Ric Flair and yeah. Hogan and The Rock and all don't, that don't worry about it I will I will get the wrestling game when it comes out I'm sure Mr. Perfect will be a legend in it I'm sure Brock will be in it we'll play that match don't what he did instead of uh Wrestling Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. He's on the Heat match for WrestleMania 18. Losing. Rikishi, Scott Dottie, and Albert defeat Mr. Perfect, Lance Storm, and Test. In a three minute match with uh, Jack Lunas, the guest referee. Makes me sad. He didn't take the pin, did he? Doesn't say. Oh, good. Because I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I would hope not, but you know. Anyway, let me get that. Very perfect in the rumble, and then number 26 is Kurt Angle. And then there's a point where Angle wants to eliminate Triple H, but also, I was like, oh no, no, nobody's eliminating him but me. Yeah, I'm doing it, no you. I'm doing it. 
And again, they could have, part of me is thinking maybe they should have actually put the belt on Austin going into Mania, maybe have him beat, uh, beat Jericho. But you know, Yeah, well, you know, best laid plans and all. Uh, just as we thought. But then they, they stick to these four, because everybody else after this comes in, has a wee spot, eventually gets eliminated, and it's back to just these four that sell. Mm. And this is our final four. I mean, who do we get coming in these last... I'll, I'll read out the, the four people we have, and then we'll talk about their individual bits, right? Num- number twenty, lucky number twenty-seven, so-called lucky number twenty-seven. I mean, the year before, this someone won from it, so it's still very lucky at this point. Yeah. It's the big show. Number twenty-eight is Kane. Number twenty-nine is RVD, and number thirty is Booker T. As soon as, soon as Big Show came out when we were watching it, or when I was watching it, I should say, <laughs> in my head, I went and had that mocking song, <laughs> the big slow. <laughs> well, it's the big slow. <laughs> Or I, I once misheard it and sang it once, me and my brother were talking, I said, uh, well, he's a bit slow. Well, it's the big slow. Ah, rah, rah. We don't know he's going to make it to the ring tonight. I said, like, even though I don't like, I didn't really like it when he was wearing those wee, weird black trunks when he first came in, I do feel like there's something about those trunks that made him seem taller than when he wears a single like this at this point, because there's a brief period where it's maybe been five pounds, 500 pounds, this kind of made him look more like Compact when he wore those singlets. Like yeah, that. I didn't realize it was. I said it was his birthday lower day or today or whatever it was. I didn't realize it was only fifty one. Yeah, because he was still fairly young when he debuted. Now he's like in his twenties. I think. Yeah, I soon. thought I thought he may have been. I didn't think he was like like mm-hmm. ancient or nothing. But I yeah. just I thought he may be a little closer to sixty. Yeah, well, I think I think for a guy with the condition that he's had, because of that size, I mean, I think he's got jiggers. I mean, get a. a there's something on his pituitary gland that yeah. caused it to grow. He had that thing removed, but obviously the growth stayed at a certain thing, which made him larger than everyone else. But, yeah. So that couldn't be fixed, but at least it, it helped actually li- help him live longer at that size than other people of his condition may have had. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, re- I heard that. I watched a, do- a short documentary about the big show. Sorry, just to throw That's that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> but... That's just the facts. Uh, so Big Show, Big Show looks a bit compact there in his V-singlets. Yeah. But he throws some people around chokeslam. Like, I joked about how he had to go back to WWE on a SmackDown pod to lose weight, but also he had an attitude problem. Like, well, a guy in his 20s got hired by WCW, got, gets two reigns with the world title in his first year. Like, and he's getting paid all this money. I think of the day, if they build him up, they give him the title at some point, then pay him all the money, but they don't do much to him. Of course, his attitude's going to be... Shitty. Aye. And it took him a while. I think he said by O2 he eventually kind of sorted himself out. But, hey, Kane comes in. Kane manages to eliminate Big Show. Just lift him out. Like, Come here. Uh, just drop him out. There you go. Uh, I, I know they always say in Rumbles, how can anyone eliminate the Big Show? And like you think, oh, it's going to take all these men to struggle and get yeah. the Big Show out. Only, only ever taken one man in the history of the Rumble to ever eliminate Big Show yeah. every time he's been in it. How are you going to eliminate the Big Show? By, you know, eliminate them. You know, over the top rope, the same way you, you save everyone else. Yeah. Then Kane's, he's, he's not that impressively big. Kane doesn't get a chance to really run wild that much because after this he gets a stunner and then gets angle slammed. Out and yeah, I'm not annoyed about this just because, you know, Kane's my guy. But, like, he's coming here and he's very vest top. <laughs> yes. With a mostly black with a little bit of red in that mask. But... This is the year right after that record break, record set and run. And he just gets tanned. Well, I mean, 11 guys. I think the previous record may have been 10, which is tied, was tied between Hogan and Austin. Mm-hmm. I think Hogan was in either 89 or 90, and Austin was in next seven. Mm-hmm. There's this run, 
gets to the final two has a big thing with Austin lasted I think he was lasted from number six all the way to the end of Kane in the O one rumble. That's pretty cool. And so and then you you mention it and then the next few years this would be all Kane would do like they mentioned, Oh, remember what he did in O one? Run away a bit for Joe's hand for your nations, someone throws about. <laughs> so I think it was very unceremonious the way he was dumped out in this rumble. It was Kane but it is what it is. Yeah. You always get that, especially in rumbles where it's your guy and you're mm-hmm. like, God damn it. I wish he'd have la- like even if you know he's not gonna win, you're still like I wish he would have lasted a bit in like maybe final four or something. Yeah. I get that a lot. Out comes the R V D guy who still has a lot of popularity come out hiring over from when he came in the invasion, you know. Still looking good, not looking like an old stoner yet. Yeah, he's just a young stoner at this point. Yeah, a young stoner whose video has him doing the Van Damme splits. Comes in, this isn't quite one of a kind yet, I don't know what you can describe his scenes No, this is just his, his lyricless song, yeah. his kind of slower tempo, I actually quite like this, this original RVD song, it fitted him. He comes in, it's a, it's a big five star, I think it's on angle, yeah. and then quite quickly gets it with a pedigree, and then they really sell the pedigree, the most devastating move in all professional wrestling. He lies there until yeah. the eccentric comes out, and then doesn't do anything when the eccentric comes out. Because Booker T comes in, he's not happy being number thirty. Grabs, just picks up. Then here you go, and out you go. Yeah, you can hit your finisher and then take one, and then you do nothing else. Yeah, you just lie there. It's like a big lump. And Booker's so happy about it. You know, he's just coming up here five time, five time, five time, five time, five time. Five time. And then most recently, he was beaten up in the supermarket by Austin. You know. Price check on a jackass. <laughs> and he goes like, I'll celebrate that. That, that maybe they can get an elimination by doing a spinner in And the spinner in turns around, Austin, bounces back, tumbles over the top rope. Ah, so it's basically a, a copy of what he done in this year's Rumble. Very much, minus the spinner. It was a different thing. Yeah. Kind of sad at that, considering he says this was, his, this was him definitively hanging up his boots that he didn't get... Mm. I knew he wasn't going to get anything major in that rumble, but it'd be nice to see him getting a little bit more time in it. I mean, because I think he was offered a thing supposedly recently. Maybe they did the Ric Flair's last match. Mm. I think they wanted to do like a series of events with different legends doing last matches. I think they were he and Stevie were offered to do a thing called Harlem Heat's last match. Yeah, but like it was a retirement probably for like both of them. But Luger's like, I don't, I don't, I never want to put a definitive thing on my career. I just want to like go out quietly, like, do a thing. Like, like come back if I come back, occasionally do a match. If I never wrestle again, so be it. But if I come back, well, I don't want to put a thing on it, and then, and then come back later and say, oh, you broke her. You said you were retired. Yeah. So yeah, that's then So then we kind of get a little bit of a elongated bit with these final four. Uh, and Austin trying to eliminate Perfect, then Angle sneaks up behind him and eliminates him. Yeah. And yet, despite the fact. Perfect was dangling there, not doing anything. It said, it's great online, Mr. Perfect, a Kurt Angle, eliminate Austin, and even TRB's all like, ah, oh, Austin is an a- angry at these guys for eliminating him. Like, Perfect did fuck all. Yeah. Perfect didn't do nothing. He drags Perfect out, he starts battering him, then Angle has to come and save. They they both try and beat up Austin, try and get him to go away. But Austin comes back to a chair, batters the room with headshots in the chair. Fucking dick. Sore loser, Steve Austin. You know, if I ain't losing, I'm gonna, I ain't going out without a fight. Oh, chair shot for you. Chair shot for you. What? Chair shot for you. I'm all going out with it being pissy. Aye. I'm throwing a wee huff. And then I'm Just go- wait until I get to 2003 with these. See the huff I throw in. I will be like, screw you guys, I'm going home. I go, I go, to end his little alliance with Mr. Perry and try to eliminate him, but Perfect stops him. It's, manages to hit the one and only Perfect plate sets down. Oh, I know. It gets a decent reaction. But then Triple H manages to throw Perfect out. 
down the trip. I always love, I think because I watched an ad for 2004 Rumble on DVD, right? I was watching a video, I was watching an extra clip, it was Pav Harrison talking about the Rumble and creating it, and they replaced it with uh, different clips from different Rumbles. Mm-hmm. And it was a brief highlight of this, and I always remember the bit where JR, the bit from JR here, it's time to Triple H and Kurt Angle, they say he was going to win the Raw Rumble match. And then I also remember the bit was in the commentary there. Turn around, Kurt, you didn't win. You didn't win. <laughs> well, this is like a repeat of a 1995 Raw Rumble. <laughs> we call that the Shawn Michaels rule. I keep saying the Shawn Michaels rule. Both feet must touch four. Like, they, they always emphasize like, always. Oh, it was from then onwards that we always remember to check both feet touch the floor. Like, wasn't that the rule always in the room? Like, ah, oh, no. If it was one foot, we like, right, on your way. Oh, but, but I'm still, I'm, I'm almost in the ring. I've got one foot here. No, one foot touch. Out you go. On your way. I'm booked to win this. On your way. We certainly didn't check it in last year's women's rumble anyway. Two years ago. No, oh, well, two years ago women's rumble. We certainly didn't check it then. Anyway, the uh, so down to Triple H's angle, beat back and forth. Angle goes to throw Triple H, does a good job of hanging it on, and then Triple H's up, no. And then Angle, Angle's still over, like, yeah, he's like, Angle, Kurt, Kurt around, you didn't win, you didn't win. <laughs> I don't think so. All of the shock on his face when he sees them. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh no. There's a clothesline, the knee, like, face goes to Angle, gargling his back, oh no, Kurt. Because Triple H, because Daryl has been behaving up angles, he's picked him in the rumble. Yeah, close line. Triple H, now Triple H is going on Angles out, angles out. <laughs> one hour, 29 minutes, and one, one hour, nine minutes, 23 seconds, sorry, this oh. rumble lasted. Not too shabby. Now, even though Triple H had a fair showing in the rumble coming from 22, even though it was a high number, it also actually has the Iron Man and the most eliminations in this rumble. Yeah. He, has, he has seven eliminations and lasted, because he came in at 90 not long before Triple H, came in at 26 minutes, 46 seconds in the mm. end. Uh, Booker T at number 30 was the fastest elimination, lasting 33 seconds. Even though he managed to get an elimination himself. Yes. There are a few people like your Fredukes and uh, and some guys who were kind of far, like Albert, people who got like under a minute or 30 so seconds. Yeah. But, like, but, they, but they lasted... They didn't. They lasted a few seconds longer than Booker. So Booker is the definitive lowest amount of time in the uh, He got a record. Not exactly the Bushwhacker record, but you know, or Santino, but or the, the Chelsea Green record. Oh, I didn't mention that in the last, uh, but we did. But it was just sort of about me because I'm not the biggest Chelsea Green fan. I heard about her, and she's gonna have a character where she complains all the time. Everything. Yeah, she's gonna be a Karen. Yes, she, she comes in right. And immediately gets thrown it, and maybe maybe I was tired at this point a bit till you were asleep, and I don't like her anyway. But like, <laughs> don't like her anyway. Don't like her anyway, fucker. Anyway, she comes in and gets thrown out. We were all laughing, but everybody else was laughing, but me, I fucking lost it. I was pissing myself. I couldn't even breathe. I was coming. This <laughs> <laughs> like I was dying. Like you get through it, yeah, guys. Like those tears coming in my face like oh, I, I don't know why those, those things that happen to them they get you you don't know why it makes you laugh as much as it does like, maybe it's not even that funny but like it, for some reason it makes you just die laughing. yeah yeah oh it was so that was do you know the last thing that happened to me in a wrestling sense yeah see before Austin Theory became cool <laughs> yeah and he came pure running didn't he's money in the bank uh-huh. only to get punched in the jaw by Tyson Theory yeah that had me gutted myself, especially because that was the same fucking pay-per-view. Well, 
fucking Brock picked him up, F5'd him on top of the damn briefcase, <laughs> and then Roman, Roman Reigns looked at him like a fuck, like somebody scraped by his shoe, like a wee fucker, and then picked up the briefcase and hit him with it. Theory was getting all kinds of shit left. Oh, yes. But now he's cool. I'm assuming Triple H is going to say, like, you know, I went through a, a tough period of time after the curtain call. I'm going to tell you what they said to me, you awesome. You're going to have to learn how to like to taste this shit because you're going to be eating a lot of it. Yep. Yeah. Triple H, where we talked about in the part one, and a lot of people said online, 21 years before Cody wins and Triple H books his very first word almost creative. Basically, Triple H came back after a long hiatus of being injured to win the Royal Rumble going to WrestleMania. Books somebody, he come back from a long injury and win the Royal Rumble. They yeah. face a guy at WrestleMania who has two belts. And after however many years of the barbershop incident was, Shawn Michaels books <laughs> the exact segment on NXT. Pretty much. It was started, it was early January of 92. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe even taped earlier a bit. They only came out right before the 92 Rumble because you remember when we reviewed oh, that. Yeah, yeah. They showed the footage as if it's just happened and that's why Marty's not in it. He's, he's selling the injuries. Yeah, it shows like, Jenny, you should be thanking me. I mean, technically, I saved you 29 on our ass kickings. <laughs> 31, oh, I think. 31 yeah. years. 31 years. Well, so it was early, if it was January 82, it's 2023 20, now, so 30 and then plus one. 30 plus one. Yeah. Because sometimes I forget it's not 2022 20, anymore. No, two plus one. <laughs> Only one. One extra year. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> they go full set. Two sure. extra year. No, you got too far. <laughs> oh. Anyway, no, we, ha, ha, ha. we made that comparison in the first part, but yeah, Triple H wins the Royal Rumble. Overall thoughts on the Royal Rumble? Because you spoke very highly of before we did this review of this Rumble match. I love this Rumble. Mm-hmm. I do. I the only thing that I take from this Rumble in a negative, uh-huh. and it's not even really a negative. It's just because he was so good at playing a heel. Uh huh. Is William Regal beating Edge? At the time, because oh. even when I saw that rumble, the first time I saw it, I was like, "God damn it! Why did you have to win, you prick?" I was looking for more your overall thoughts of the rumble match before we get to the overall. Oh well, the overall thoughts of the rumble match. I yeah. thought the rumble match itself was pretty awesome. Yeah, there was a couple of, like you say, a couple of weak spots here and there, but overall, it was a, a definite yeah. double thumbs up for me. Mm-hmm. You know, what about you? So you're giving the overall preview a double thumbs up for you? Oh yeah, yeah. Because, like, the matches, yeah. I loved the matches. Like I say, I was. Because at the time, Edge was my boy, man. And, I mean, <laughs> I'm. Long hair and Rob Zombie and all yeah, that. Yeah, I'm a Scotsman and Regal was a wee English bobag. <laughs> I was like, ah, yeah, cheating prick hitting Edge, man. He's gorgeous, you know. What are you winning for, you prick? You talk about English and like Scottish, like, there's. I think Regal said we always wind up people in Ireland for being because he was English and everything, and he had that feed, like, long feud with Finlay and WCW and everything. But like he he went to a show in in Ireland and he was uh, you know taking the piss out of the crowd and everything and he goes I never, I had to stop doing my usual stick he said because somebody did a heckle that beat everything else was better than anything I could have came up with he goes someone shouted out Regal you are worse than two, than four hundred years of tyranny <laughs> <laughs> did that break him and make him giggle I, for the few times he was like that was that was pretty good you know like that was a good one he got me that one yeah. Did he, do you think he had the same look on his face when we played his old music that time? Probably, yeah. yeah. He's a man. Such a man. He's a man. 
Yeah. Great song. <laughs> she did a metal version of that, that would have been so awesome. <laughs> but uh, uh, the first couple of matches are alright, like they're in the car, but yeah, as I joked before, they really feel like they're rushing through them. Oh, definitely. It was like, like you say, it was because, like, guess, get this match done, get this match done. I see title match. Oh, fuck, fucking hell, the tag match was the first match, and that was, like you say, pretty five much minutes, five minutes done. But tag match, rush it, because nobody really cares about Taz and Spike anyway. And Vince doesn't care about tag wrestling. Yeah, it's like, then, it's like, is there an oil seller? I've got to beat out an old man later, I don't care about tag yeah. wrestling. And then, oh, we've got the women's match. Aye, cool. It's even less time. It's even less time. Let me get the match with Vince, which gets lots of time, which mm-hmm. is a great match. Yeah. You know, great match and the right result, Flair wins. Yeah. And then we've got title match, which I just, you know, eh, mm. you know, it's an undisputed title match, it's Jericho and The Rock. Mm-hmm. It's a good match. Yeah. You know, I, I'll be honest with you, a lot of the time with Rumbles, yeah. I'm never usually that invested in the world title match. I, I really could not give a rat's ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. when I watch a Rumble, I want to see the Rumble. I don't really give two fucks about all the, all the add-on. Yeah. You know, and that includes the world title match, unless it's two people that I'm heavily invested in. Mm-hmm. And I'll... I know a lot of wrestling fans will kick me in the fucking coat cojones for this one, <laughs> but I was never really invested in Jericho or The Rock, mm-hmm. ever. The Rock was annoying, <laughs> and Jericho was mere annoying. <laughs> I never liked either. The only time I was ever invested in Jericho is when he made his debut. Mm-hmm. After that, he was just the same as a fucking wrestler. I couldn't give a fuck. And The Rock... The only time I was invested in The Rock is when he was cutting a promo. Mm-hmm. Other than that, could not give a fuck. I th- honestly thought there was a million better wrestlers than him. Yeah. You know, great personality, fantastic at promos in the ring. Eh. Mm-hmm. You know, couldn't give a fuck. Couldn't give a fuck about him. Couldn't really give a fuck about Jericho. Grand. You know, Sean was better than Jericho. But, and then also you got the Rumble match, which I do admit... It's a fairly underrated Rumble match. It hell it is. Yeah. You know. I mean, you've got the beginnings of Billy and Chuck. <laughs> yeah. You know. And Matt alone, Jesus. But, uh, and that would that would lead to Rico. Yeah. Your yeah. personal stylist. Nothing bad would ever happen during this Billy and Chuck. Nothing bad would... Well, nothing bad would ever happen apart from their wedding. No. <laughs> or their commitment ceremony. Yeah. And... That thing that I am not going to end up ranting about, but you know my problem. Yeah. Worst goddamn entrance and they win. He says he's not going to mention it, then he does. Well, I've not mentioned it in the way that I usually would. We'd still be going until tomorrow if I mentioned it the way I usually do. I mean, you don't have time for that. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fairly underrated rumble, I think. Like, people only remember like the fact, oh, Triple H came after Benjamin 1. They don't remember much else. But like, cause, like, the bad yeah. half is like got a lot of stars in it. We don't remember things like like Undertaker destroying fucking the Hardys and Maven. We don't remember the little little bit between fucking Christian and DDP. We don't remember fucking like Goldust, Goldust, big entrance. We don't remember like Perfect's return. Like there was a bit, like there were bits where like they sprinkle some big guys in in there, but then save a lot for the end. But like it's to fill up again that old classic fill up the ring a little bit. Oh, but some gets a bunch of eliminations there. I, and I did think that was kind of funny. Like, see, what you would call their big guy, 
yeah. for the most part, they saved them yeah, for the end. right until the end. You'd think, usually with a rumble, they intersperse the big guys. Because like, mm-hmm. you know how your rumble usually has that way, like, starts out little bit, they throw a couple of guys out, then it fills up, then it empties a bit, and then it fills up, blah, blah, blah. Usually when it fills up, they intersperse that by, they strategically place their big guys mm-hmm. to come out and get a big pop and maybe throw three, four guys out in a trot. <laughs> and then usually, like, another big fucker comes out and puts them out, or the little guys gang up on the big fucker and throw them out, or... You know, it's usually yeah. some shit like that, but in this rumble, they seem to keep, like, the big, big guys, like, Big Show, Kane, mm-hmm. you know... Angle. Angle, shit like that, right until the end, mm-hmm. you know, which was odd, but still, I thought it was cool, because it was the last big fill-up of the ring, mm-hmm. and you've got all these super big dudes in there, super over dudes in there, and you're like, oh, so it really does build it, you're like, yeah. well, you've got Show, you've got Kane, you've got Angle, you've got Booker, you've got RVD, and you're like, fuck, man. Yeah. Like, before it's obvious that these people are going out pretty much as soon as they came in. Yeah. You're going, holy shit, this is a good fucking crop of people in this rumble. And you're like, oh shit, he's it. Oh, he's it. Oh, fuck, he's it. Yeah. And then you, and then the final three, you know what I mean? The final three, Angle, Triple H, Mr. Perfect. Yeah. That's cool as fuck. <laughs> you know? <coughs> the only thing that let the final portion of that rumble down was fucking Stone Cold throwing a pissy fit. <laughs> Other than that, it was cool. Yeah. It's weird though, that, that the undercar isn't talked about as much. I know there's not a lot of standards up, but like the fact that this is a car that's got buddy Vincent Vic Flair and a, and a street fight. That is the most, that is the match that's got the most you could talk about, well, because that match itself was a, that was a barn burner, as especially in, among, say. especially in amongst everything else, it just seems so out there, okay. We go Edge again, pushed, you know, Dudley's in a tight title scene, Trish in the Women's Division, Jericho Rock, they have good, good matches. Like Vince is fighting Ric Flair. Yeah. When the thing, you know, the women's match would have been a lot better had it not been for the weird way it played out. Yeah. You know, because Trish was good in this match, mm-hmm. you know, and... Uh, Jack, uh, Jazz. Jazz, she was fighting. Right. Jazz was good in this match. I almost said Jacqueline because she was the referee. The thing, see, the referee annoyed me. Mm-hmm. She seemed, like, like, confused as to where her spots were or what she was supposed to be doing because there was certain points you actually you look at her and you go were well, you supposed to be doing something there mm-hmm. and then you never done it mm-hmm. you know you're like I don't think she was a good guest ref no and I think that Jazz and Trish were brought down because mm-hmm. of her shitty officiating mm-hmm. you know because I hated that part when she looked like she was going to get into something with Jazz mm-hmm. and then she didn't yeah. and you're like the fuck are you doing woman do yeah. something useful Either be a ref, be a cunt, don't try and be both and get both of them wrong. I do really think there's a lot to enjoy with this. It's worth going back and watching, not just the role, but the undercar as well. I, I think I'll give it a... I'm being more generous and give it a, a thumb and a half, because I don't know if I... There are some things I'm not as into as you, I don't think, but like I, I really enjoy the rumble. I think, mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've admitted before, I think the O2 Rumble match itself is underrated, but I think given the whole pay-per-view watch, it's definitely worth your time if you've got the time in. Given about that this is a rumble, it's the last ever, as I said before, last ever WWF rumble. Oh, yeah. It's had a very unique time for the company. Invasion is wrapped up. Interest is going to start to go down a little bit over the next couple of years. They're going to make the transition to WWE and everything. There's a lot going well, yeah, on. Yeah, isn't this the transition yeah. properly into the ruthless, gen- ruthless aggression era? Yeah, because like, again, I've often said we should talk about, uh, we've talked about doing this show, about those little periods where 
you can't really define them by any year. And I think yeah. Invasion and this first half of O2 you can put in there because Ruthless Aggression is credited starting after the WWE transition in an episode of Raw in June, where uh, I think maybe or before Vengeance, where Vince Man comes in and says, asks everyone to step up and says, Show me Ruthless Aggression mm. and all that. So, just out of curiosity, if you know. Mm-hmm. How far on from this rumble? Uh-huh. Well, actually, how far on from the WrestleMania uh-huh. does John Cena debut? I think it's after. I think it's maybe between King of the Ring and uh, Vengeance because he debuts. And, he debuts as a prototype, right? Well, debuts. Well, it looks like a prototype. He's running pretty here, but he's just called John Cena. Right, but he just comes with the generic rock music, right? Yeah, and because I think I see between King of the Ring and. Uh, between King of the Ring and Vengeance because also he only comes in around June but it's the fact that he wrestles his first pay match on Vengeance against Jericho mm. so he has to be in around there at least a couple of weeks by the time he gets that thing to build to the match with Jericho so when he wrestles when Cena wrestles his first pay-per-view match yeah is that generic Cena or Gen- rapper yeah, Cena yeah generic Cena he wrestled a few a couple like I think this and a match at Re- the UK Rebellion show in October he wrestles his runner and then I think a few weeks later he starts doing the the rapping thing. The hipping and the hopping and the rapping. <laughs> well, like, I think out of the four OVW, I think Lesnar debuts first because he debuts the night after Mania. Mm. Then I think that's their management when they start off a oh testify Deacon, but uh, uh, Deacon, Deacon Batista shows up and then Randy just randomly shows up one day on SmackDown. Randy, <laughs> bro. <laughs> But yeah, so like I said, it's a very interesting. So I'm gonna give it a thumb up because I think it's still a solid show. I really Maybe. hope that's not a thing when he comes back. Who does? Who knows when Randy will ever be back? But play on the zone. But I've enjoyed doing this. We're gonna take a break from wrestling. I think next we're gonna go back to Frasier. No. We're gonna do the first couple episodes of a uh, season seven. We're gonna take a break from wrestling. Yes, I am. Wounded. Forget that. But in the meantime, if you're not, if you don't if you want to hear more of us on wrestling, take you over to the next day we just got in Paul's about wrestling. Then you can listen to us on the Rogue Pains as well, the Rogue Retro Smackdown. We're right, yeah. about, we're right close to SummerSlam. SummerSlam 2000. SummerSlam 2000 again. Blackman. These Blackman, yeah. Triple H looks very baby face there because he's doing a thing angle. Well, we talk about that a lot on Retro Smackdown. We have, also like I said, we're going to do Frasier this week. I think after that, maybe we'll delve back in. I think now's the time to delve back into our Vince yeah. saga, our Vince retrospective. This one's going to have a lot of scandal. It's going to be very oh, heavy, yeah. this one. It's on a lighter topic, though, uh-huh. it's very interesting you speak of us going back into our Frasier because the mm. first, I believe, the first episode of the newly yeah. fleshed out run uh-huh. has either been recorded uh-huh. or is being recorded. I think it's been recorded. I think they're they're definitely. <laughs> I think you said there was some report about response to the first recording of me very positive. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did read on a Facebook page, like uh-huh. a Facebook group I'm on. Uh-huh. Someone had been at the recording and said, "Anyone that's worrying about it, don't worry about it. It's good." I think at least one of the major main writers or showrunners is involved in it. And I guess I don't. I don't think James Burroughs. Yeah, and I know Kelsey was known for is one of the main thing that Kelsey is known for. But I don't think Kelsey would come back to this role. If he didn't at least believe that what he was going to be doing was yeah. believing the material he's going to have to do. If he thought it was going to be anything like Hank, yeah. Do you recall the show Hank? Not really. Yeah, it didn't even get a season. 
Was this including Kirsty Grammer as well? This was a this was a like a family sitcom. I, I remember I watched watch a few episodes of a show called Partners, which only had one season. It was him and Martin Lawrence as a pair of lawyers. Yeah, basically, like he was a fancy lawyer, worked for his dad's company, then got fired. Then Martin Lawrence is the guy who he runs his own firm, but it's struggling, so they end up partnering. But they kept, they're from different they have different philosophies on law. They're the original odd couple. How can they possibly get along? And of course, there's that show he did, which should have really got another couple of seasons. Oh yeah, boss. No, back to you. Oh. The one where he was the news anchor. Huh. I thought you were talking about Boss. I've heard that's good. I've not watched it, but you know. I can loan you it. I have it on DVD both seasons. I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. I'll say that maybe for a future eclectic escapade. He is fantabulous in it. Mm. And I've only watched three episodes of the first season so far. <laughs> he is fantabulous. He's creepy as fuck because he's like, obviously he's a a person dealing with mental issues or... Yeah. I think he. I think he is diagnosed with the same thing that Robin Williams mm-hmm. ended up having. Yeah, and so, and he's a city mayor, mm-hmm. so he's got to try and like cope with being mayor, mayoral. Mm-hmm. But he's a bit of a prick too. Mm-hmm. Also, with the fact he's got to deal with that, mm-hmm. and like you can tell, like from the first few episodes, that that's starting to creep into his psyche, and he's getting a little. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really, it's no surprise he won an award for it, because he's great in it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's stuff to come, potentially, for Scott and Paul's round three, like I said. Uh, Fraser, Finn's some further reviews, then everything that we've got in the pipeline, Impact, a lot of great stuff happening there. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll revisit Clyde Gates at some point next month or so. We got, we're we planning out a schedule. We we try and keep track of things, but there's so much content we're wanting um, to bring to we you. We use the term schedule very loosely. Yeah, very, very loosely. But, but you can also look forward to more content. You can, if you want to keep up with the content we've already given you, we can find it on our back catalog. You can listen to it already on all good Android podcasts, and it's Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Plugin. Wherever you find podcasts, you can get them. Me and Paul and this podcast also on the Rogue Pains, which is on the same feed that we're also under. Uh, we're also on their feet and they're on the same podcast states that we are that I just listed off we're also there's a show that we're doing Rogue Rich Smith down there there's also a show that Nathan does called Mass Debaters <laughs> which me and Paul are going to be on an episode on uh, we're going to be on an episode of that soon along with Nathan they help fill in for just one episode so uh, yeah meet us three are going to mass debate together at some point in the near future <laughs> maybe it's out by the time you listen to this episode maybe not but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm never going to not make that joke. That's going to be a fun old show. We're going to make we're going to make that joke several times in that episode. It's going to be a very energetic show. <laughs> <laughs> the one rule is just at the end, no eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> Next time on the podcast, we take the friendship to new and weird levels, and we will never speak of it again, or to each other ever again. To keep up with all that content, well, like I said, like and subscribe to any of those podcasts and platforms you choose, leave a rating review of your chosen platform if you can. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash film podcast, or follow us at SPM on Twitter. Follow Rogue Opinions, Rogue underscore Opinions on Twitter. You can get me at Scott McLeod 96, Scott McLeod 1996, if you feel so inclined. I'm just, I'm like an option here. He's getting there, he's getting there. Well, yes. It's, it's taking us a while across two episodes to get this out, but we got it done. And hopefully the next review, even if whether it's a rumble or not, does not take this long. Hopefully we might even get it recorded on one day. Who knows? You know, the future is... But then the next the next 
pay-per-view on the especially on the rogue retro thing yeah it's going to be SummerSlam and yeah. it's going to be talking about Steve, well I'm going to be talking about Steve Blackman so there's every chance we may have to do three episodes to record <laughs> that one because you know it's Steve Blackman and he's fucking cool. Well I'm trying to get guests on the next few retro reviews, like retro pay-per-view reviews that we do in the timeline of Are you going to get Steve the- Blackman on it? No I'm not going to get Steve Blackman on it. Damn! He's too busy for me. But I'm saying for our guests sake please try to give our future reviews on the retro Smackdown into one episode. But until then, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.